Thanks for listening to CarCast on Podcast One. This is about something that lights your fire when nothing else will. This is the Mark Devine Show. This show, we're going to discover and dive in and discuss what makes the world's most inspirational, compassionate, and resilient leaders so courageous. Transform the nature and functioning of our own brain for the better. Go put your virtues in action. Be the best version of yourself. Life is a practice. Day by day, and get wiser and stronger and grow. How do you understand enough about your own mind and psychology and emotions and how you develop a reflective awareness practice to actually get in the driver's seat of your own mind? We go in-depth with people from all walks of life. Martial arts grandmasters, meditative monks, CEOs, military leaders, stoic philosophers, proud survivors, and more. Every episode turns our guest experience into actionable insights that you can learn from and lead a life filled with compassion and courage. I started putting all these little tools in my pocket, started to reflect a lot and meditate. There has to be a balance between movement and rest. It all starts with us. We cultivate these qualities in ourselves. We become a beacon of life for others in the world. Please join us on the journey. The Mark Divine Show. Hoo-yah. Today's episode brought to you by J.B. Weld. Available, by the way, at jbweld.com. Home Depot, Lowe's, Walmart, AutoZone, Advance Auto Parts, O'Reilly, Amazon, Michaels, and more, and proudly made in the USA. Hey, guys. Welcome to CarCast. Uh, this week, we're going to invite my good friend Aaron Hagar into the show. We're going to get all into what motivates him and his car collection and more. Before we get started, here's Geico. Would you love to save money on insurance? Well, of course. Who doesn't love a good deal? Well, when it comes to great rates on insurance for everything, Geico can help. Insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, RV, even homeowners, condo, and renters coverage. Save even more with a special discount when you bundle coverages. Plus, add the easy-to-use Geico mobile app and 24-hour roadside assistance, and the switch to Geico becomes a no-brainer. Switch today and see how you can save. Simply go to geico.com to get a rate quote or contact your local agent. Hello, welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator, D'Andrea. So we're going to change things up a little bit this week. Adam's actually out this week. Uh, so we're going to hold down the fort. Um, I thought about inviting, I thought it'd be fun to invite uh, Aaron Hagar into the show. One of my favorite people in the world. Uh, I love Aaron he is so fantastic. And I know for those of you that listen to Shift and Steer with myself and Brad, Aaron as well, we've been doing that show for a number of years. Um, and we enjoy doing it because it was a podcast we started with with Pete Shaporis as well. And he's just such a great storyteller and he's been around forever. And and uh, we, we kind of love being able to do that show with him. And then after he passed, we decided to continue to do it because we always just had fun doing it. So when we get together on Fridays to record our show, it's really um, – it's not about business. It's more about fun. <laughs> There's some podcasts that you do for business, and uh, all of these are just fun. But uh, Aaron, thank you so much for joining us. And Well, thank, well, thank you, buddy. What a beautiful introduction. <laughs> and if you look at the Shift and Steer uh, business card under my name, it says The Giggler. 
The giggler. So, so, yeah, so, there's so, gonna be a lot, a lot of so, giggling. So that's my only task. Yeah, that's my only task on the show is 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 giggle relief. So <laughs> I, I I wanted to um, I wanted to uh, maybe we'll we'll get into some some car news stuff, but I was really thinking more about about you and uh, all of the conversations we've had over the years. And, you know, no secret, you come from this rock star family. You yourself are quite talented, I might say. Uh, your brother, uh, I know he's, his career is starting to, to really go. Um, your dad's done a few things over the years. Um, uh <laughs> Uh, Sammy Hagar, he's had, a, he's been in a few bands. He's been in the van. Um, what's it again? Halen, Van Halen. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know. He's and more, uh, and he seems like he's got 19 other bands just depending on yeah. like who's in the room or what he feels on like singing that day. I'm not quite sure how it all works, but I know he's got yeah. certain bands depending on who, is is with him you know it's like hey if this guitarist is here we're called this if it's this guy we're called this and i i I, I started to figure out like that's kind of how it how it works with him and uh by the way he's got a big birthday bash coming up right 75 year old um yeah october 13th down in cabo down in cabo yeah the the annual well first of all thank you so much for the for the very very kind introduction and having me on the show uh of, of course it's it's absolutely mutual matt absolutely mutual you you, you are my friend and go-to on so many levels i, I love the whole crew and uh i, I have to say my, my life really really just blossomed when you and brad and pete took me on and and took me under your wings and uh introduced me to the world because i was harbored up in the basement of, of Harvey's uh, casino up in Tahoe, running that restaurant. And uh, life was hell. <laughs> <laughs> so you decided to do something so, different. All right. Actually, so, let, so thank you for the exit. <laughs> I want to get into that a little bit as well. You've, you've done uh, a number of things, some pretty incredible things over your career, over your life. And um, it, Although it kind of makes sense to kind of start from the beginning, but but let's not let's let's kind of maybe start from the <laughs> middle ish. So, uh, of course, a car guy. You're a fantastic artist, a car guy, but have jumped around to a couple of different opportunities. You had mentioned running the restaurant, right? Running the restaurant uh, at the casino in Lake Tahoe, right? Running the the. Yep. You're running the Cabo Wabo up there, right? Yep, the the Cabo Wabo Lake Tahoe opened in nine in uh, ninety oh, two thousand five. Yeah. And how long were you? <laughs> how long were you there? How long were you doing that? I did about a ten year stint. So it was owned and operated by Harrah's. So I was a Harrah's employee, which was a really difficult um, part of the task. Uh, uh, we had just opened it outside of uh, the Mexico property and it was the first of its kind outside that property. So it was important to the family to, to have someone there to kind of validate and, and, uh, and make it legit. So I was going through a divorce and I volunteered to go up there and kind of start over uh, or up here. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in Tahoe currently <laughs> up here and, and start over. And uh, you know, it was necessary. It was important it was a great learning experience. Uh, like I said, life really kind of blossomed in many ways. I got to regroup and get organized again and start over. But um, yeah, working corporate, uh, I'm an artist and, and a creative by nature. So 
working corporate was really, really hard, um, but it was really necessary. And uh, I, yeah, I learned a great deal from it and got to know all the fans one-on-one and uh, rehearsed life skills every single day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is kind of a, this, I mean, I know I get it. We're kind of starting in the middle, but this is sort of a reboot uh, in, yeah. in, in your life, like reboot you said, number after, four. yeah, after, after, <laughs> after divorce and kind of a, a, a reboot and 10 years is a, is a good run. That's a long run. It's probably longer yeah. than you probably thought you were going to be up there. Well, you're still yeah, up and, there, and, but fact, in that job, yeah, I'm still up here. I planted some roots, but, um, the business was there for 15 years. So, so having participated in 10 of those 15 years, uh, I'm, I'm pretty proud of it. It, um, nothing really happened to the business. We, we didn't renew, uh, our licensing agreement with Harrah's just because they, they went through a lot of changes. The town went through a lot of changes and uh, we just didn't feel that it, well, I don't want to say it wasn't relevant. It was definitely relevant, but, but, but I, I think I can speak for dad as well in saying that it, it, they just didn't seem to have the interest in the business and weren't, um, and weren't fostering the business the, the way we wanted them to. They were really trying to cut labor and food costs and, insurance and all the other things that corporate does. Um, and it just didn't meet our interests or, or agendas anymore. So, so we did, so we didn't renew and it's really as simple as that 15 really successful years and some great, great people working uh, under the brands. So. And, and explain how this is all kind of set up. There's a lot of, you know, there's a, there's a lot of lack of clarification on oftentimes on how things work, like behind the scenes on businesses, you read about, you know, so-and-so owns this or somebody cashed out on that. And oftentimes it's not true. And oftentimes it is true, but uh, the family has the Cabo Wabo. Well, I would imagine some people think the family owns all the Cabo Wabo restaurants, the Cabo Wabo liquor brand and everything associated with Cabo Wabo, but that's not, necessarily how it is and it can't legally be that way right so maybe just explain a little bit of the structure so we know what's going on right so i'm not an expert but 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 in my understanding there's really really strict liquor laws and in those laws you cannot manufacture an alcoholic beverage and own the business of the same name so uh so being it even though dad sold cobble wobble tequila um he, he still can't be in operations of the cobble wobble uh, I'll call it franchise, but I say that very loosely. Um, it, 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 Dad really does individual marketing, uh, individual licensing uh, based on on relations and groups and, and pitches. Uh, he wants them to be successful. We've only uh, let a few go because of some really, really heavy stuff that was just out of our control. But um, uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's a complicated thing in in the U.S. But uh, Dad was really smart. In, in business as well, because, you know, obviously he couldn't be in operations. He's mm-hmm. a musician and a businessman, an entrepreneur. So, uh, you know, he can't be in operations of these restaurants. And uh, I was kind of being groomed to kind of be in operations um, or at least understand them to, to kind of keep things moving um, in that direction and in food and beverage, um, of which I'm consulting a bit with, with the family businesses. But uh, yeah, dad's licensed Sammy Speech Bar Room, Cabo Wabo. And probably soon Santo and uh, Red Rocker uh, and and some of his other entities. So uh, we've had restaurants pop up, which have been kind of a lifestyle theme destination um, type model. And the Sammy's beach bars are in uh, many uh, airports around the country, if not the world. Um, 
And those all go to charity. Uh, all of those go to local and regional children's charities, mostly uh, individual cases, the Hagar Foundation, uh, which is run by the family. And every case is looked over by us um, individually. It's, it's, it's pretty awesome. So, so dad's really set it up um, not only to protect the interest of the estate, but also to be as generous as he can in his philanthropy and not get wrapped up and tied up in corporate stuff or, or, you know, you hear about charities. (laughs) We're not one of those. I didn't even know, I didn't even know that, that you had the charity aspect of it. That's fantastic. Yeah. There's, there's operational costs and charities, which there's only a, sometimes a small percentage that actually goes to the charity itself. And it's it's really, it's, it's, yeah, and it's it's really difficult, and some people run them as a business, and um, we don't do that. So uh, all of the proceeds um, from these restaurants, uh, the, the the profits, all go to charity. It's pretty awesome. So all of Dad's cut from these things um, is all part of the philanthropy, which is pretty pretty cool. And then Dad does that with his shows to uh, food banks and that sort of thing. He's mm-hmm. the, the older he's gotten, the, the more he's he's given back on a regular basis. And it's, it's pretty awesome. And we're all, we're all kind of involved in that. And, and that's a really cool thing we get to do is perform together at these events and charities. Um, dad brings family members up, but it's mostly me. Uh, although Andrew uh, opened for dad, I think he's going to open a couple shows on this tour as well. Um, his whole vibe is a bit different from dad's. Uh, he doesn't um, appeal directly to the audience because he's a lot younger, you know, he's in his thirties. Uh, I'm in my fifties. So so I share the same audience. I'm the same age as the audience. So when I go up there, we celebrate dad's career. When Andrew goes up there, he's trying to kind of land his own thing. So it's right. It's a little bit different, but it's awesome. The fans love it. And that keeps it a family event. So, uh, so, so dad is really generous um, uh, with, with the fans and the family. It's pretty awesome. It's a good life. So on, on the creative side for, for yourself, uh, as a musician, uh, I've heard, I've heard you sing. I think you're fantastic. And uh, this isn't going to be the first time you've heard this. You do sound quite a bit like your dad. (laughs) (laughs) With intention. Speaking of which, dad just texts me. uh, He texts me a meme and it says, gas prices are so high. I just passed Sammy Hagar driving 55. (laughs) Dad literally texts me as as we were talking. (laughs) A little serendipity there. Yeah, Uh, that's good. That's funny. So, yeah. So um, let's let's talk about – so you do sound like your dad, but – you, it's intentional and it's intentional because yeah. you were doing some shows or you're doing some stuff for your dad for singing and it, it made sense to emulate as you will. Right. Yeah. How- Great word. Yeah. So, so uh, basically when I came up to, to, to look after the restaurant, I started in the kitchen and, and kind of worked through available jobs as they were, um, as they came up, I mean, I was a Harris employee, so I had to do it by the book. And so I kind of uh, entertained every every single duty in there, uh, except for cocktail, which was reserved strictly for, for women. Um, and then I ended up in, in middle management, <laughs> which was, was terrible, but necessary. Um, but one of my duties was to go up almost nightly and sing with the band. So we would have live entertainment 
uh, five days a week and a DJ two nights a week because we had a lot of a lot of uh, employees from all over the world and they wanted we'd give them a night like a night you know like like a Brazilian night and Eastern European night and and they would come in and dance and it was awesome so it was kind of an industry night so we did two nights of DJ but five nights a week we did live shows and uh, and and I worked <laughs> quite often seven days a week so I would participate. And all that stuff. And I would go up with the band. And, and one of the criteria was that the band knew, uh, you know, uh, some of the Hague cartoons or, and I would learn some of the cover tunes and we'd often do an hour set or more. Um, and then dad had me open for him. Uh, I think he went out with chicken foot during the summer series and played for about 10,000 people. And uh, they don't do any of the, of, of the Hagar stuff because they had their own catalog. So uh, in a day's notice, he had me front his band, the Wabos, and kind of cover the catalog. So, yeah, it, 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 as you said. Uh, <laughs> Good thing you knew it, the song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I told him, I said, I, he goes, you know this stuff. He goes, you hear it every day of your life, all day and all night long. Yeah. You know, growing up or when it was written or, or, or on the radio or in the cantina. So, um, you know, it's there. I just have to draw it out. And uh, it's really true. So when you hear people do covers, um, uh, whether it's Pat Monahan doing, you know, uh, Zeppelin or, or whoever it is, you know, um, getting getting the vocals right and getting the phrasing and the breath and, and and all the little details can be really really hard. And there are professionals out there that really do an amazing job. Um, you know, you have that gentleman out with Journey and Jason Bonham has yeah. an amazing vocalist right now out on tour. And uh, you know, there there's plenty of them out there. Um, I've never heard that. And everybody out there that, that, that attempts it, you know, they may have a great range, they do a great job, but they tend to sing a little more standard to all the hair bands back in the day. You know, their vibrato is different and their phrasing is different. The way they mouth the words and pronounce the words is different. And it makes me nuts. <laughs> so I, I really, I took it upon myself to really be an expert. And um, I, I have, I have to, I have to modify it a little bit because uh, I think if you close your eyes, uh, I, I, I can nail it and you can't tell the difference. Uh, so so we, we, we've never explored that. Um, but when I did a little musical project, it kind of became a problem uh, because it sounded too much like it. So we picked an era, um, which ended up being kind of the Montrose era, and, and we were just all writing together. And that's just what came out. Um, and I've really had to kind of find myself and find my own voice and all that because I'm such a mimic can mimic anything. I grew up in the film industry and, and played with monsters and, and played with voiceover stuff. We we're always, you know, in, in the workshops and in the studios articulating that the puppets and characters and coming up with voices. So I became this mimic, <laughs> this human parent. Um, and, and that's kind of how I treated dad stuff. And, uh, and, and in all of that, it was really hard to find my own voice. I still, to this day, don't know what my real voice is. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I can sound just like dad. It's fun. And, uh, and sometimes I do it just to, just to get a smile out of him when he has me participate. But um, I would never outsing him. And that was one of the things I always, always held back. I always stood behind his, his front line, you know, when he was on stage. I always paid him that respect because, you know, I am not my father. And uh, I haven't earned those stripes and uh, I'm not going to go up there and, and outshine. You know? Do you recall your dad, maybe his reaction or the first time he actually really heard you emulate him, like really <laughs> heard it? 
Yeah. Uh, uh, so there was a couple times. I think the first time I explored music, which was later in life, um, I'd left the film industry. I was uh, almost 20. I think I was about 19, 18 or 19. And I was working for Hans Zimmer. Uh, I was his night assistant. So it was just Hans and I. I'd pick him up because he lived uh, near Malibu. So I'd pick him up my way in and because uh, he didn't drive. And I'd drive him to work. And then I'd sit there all night and make sure he had coffee, cigarettes, and food. Um, <laughs> and then I'd just play in the studio. So, so my friend Mike Stevens and I, at the time, Jay Rifkin was his uh, was his uh, partner, and we would just pick up tracks and just we would just track and track and track. And so we had Rylan Allison on drums, and um, I think his dad was in Herman and the Hermits, and then Kyle Eastwood on bass because uh, we both went to school with Kyle and Allison Eastwood. Um, uh, Mike and I were friends with them, and uh, and we had this little band we called Big Chief, and we produced some music, got a record uh, a budget, and uh, through Geffen, and and then later with Warner, and, and just had a lot of fun. But I, I developed my voice then, and it was very, Mike was really soft, and we would write a lot of soft, ballady boy band kind of music. <laughs> and, and, and so the first, the first time I remember I, I played something um, to, to, to my parents, uh, they were in bed, and I said, okay, I've been doing something, I want to play it for you. And it was horrible, and I, I think there was mixed opinions, they were very kind and polite, but, um, <laughs> you know, dad was kind of like, okay, this is not the Hagar sound. Uh, you've got your own thing. And I quickly found out that that's not what I wanted to be. <laughs> <laughs> and I got hired with Bloodline, uh, uh, Joe Bonamassa's uh, early project. I was the original singer for Bloodline. Uh, and, and they wanted the Hagar sound. And I think that's when uh, I, I really kind of pushed and realized that, that I had those tones. I, I had that range. And as I developed it, uh, I started to sound a lot like that. And, and Bloodline really pushed for me to sound like dad because they were all sons of. So it was, it was Waylon Krieger and Barry Oakley Jr. Uh, Aaron Davis, uh, uh, Lou Sacritti and, uh, and Joe Bonamassa and myself. So other than Lou, we were all second gen sons of, and, uh, and the whole, the whole thing was to kind of emulate our parents. And, and, and it was a marketing, you know, it was a marketing vehicle for Joe uh, to launch his career, which of course was successful because Joe Bonamassa is amazing. And, uh, yeah, he owns it now. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was really interesting. And that was kind of my first time exploring dad's sound. And, uh, and, and then, and then when I came up here, I really kind of rehearsed it nightly and, uh, yeah, it just became, <laughs> became the, the Hagar parrot. <laughs> yeah. At, at some point you, you must have been opening for your dad, and listen. I, I I get how a lot of this works. He may not even be there for the opening act, right? You got stuff going on. He's going to go back. He's going to warm up with the band. He might he not even. There. And then yeah. he must have heard you out there at one point yeah. singing his tunes, sounding a lot like him, yeah. and probably got his attention. Yeah. We never discussed it, and I, I, I don't really know how he felt about it. Uh, you know, d- d- dad, dad definitely has that rock star thing about him. We'll just leave it at that. He's definitely calmed down in his older age, and, and we're very close. So I, I, I say this all in love. But um, imagine if one of you, I mean, most of us look for our kids to be better than us, right? So, so, so we raise our kids in the environment. We teach them everything we can. And okay, kid, you're going to take over the business and you're going to take everything that I've built up to this point and you're going to do better with it, right? You're going to grow the business. You're going to yeah. grow the family brand. I don't know that we can with dad because, you know, he's one of those 
uber rare, you know, uh, people that have just launched into superstardom and he's part of history. He's part of the history books. I mean, he's, he's got to be in a very small handful of, of legends through musical, you know, uh, a history forever. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it, you know, he made his mark. So I can't top that. I can't expand on that. Uh, at least not musically. Um, but I, I would think for him hearing something that that's probably very, very close, um, might bother him a little bit, you know? Um, hey, look, I don't know. It, you know, it, it, it was, you could be the yeah. world's greatest, uh, you know, a baseball pitcher. And then, you know, and you're like, eh, yeah, I'm going to teach my kid how to throw the ball around. And you walk outside and you realize that your 16 year old got a fastball faster <laughs> than you. And, uh, you know, you're like a little proud, but a little like butt hurt because you're like, I worked my ass sure. off to be able to throw that way. Right. So, uh, sure. you know, you walk sure. over to your son and go, listen, maybe you should yeah. play soccer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, and, and now I think about it. Dad did say something that was really profound at the time. And, and uh, when he was prepping me for that show, you know, he said, hey, you know, you can do this. He, he goes just, you know, when, when I go out there, I'm looking for the guy in the audience that's not paying attention. And, and I, I vocally, vocally, you know, reach around and grab him by the neck and scream in his face. Are you listening? You know, check this out. He goes, but you, he goes, it's such a trip because he goes, you go up there and you dilly dally around and you do your thing. And like, you're playing with the band and, and the audience is watching and the audience is participating with you having a good time. He goes, it, it, it's really different. He goes, you don't have anything to prove. He goes, it comes really easy to you. And, and that was a, a really nice compliment, you know, and, and also he was saying, you know, you don't take shit seriously. <laughs> you're just, you're just out there goofing around and, you know, but, but I, I think that, you know, for someone that's worked so hard his entire life to be the best he can be. And when he was in Van Halen, you know, he, I've said this before, but he really, he trained like an athlete. Um, he took it like an Olympian, really. He took it so, so seriously. Like this was just the best job in the world. And he worked so hard and, I've never had that kind of conditioning and been in that kind of shape, nor not physically or, or vocally. So, you know, I don't have that endurance. I'm good for about an hour and then I can't talk for a week, but, um, but dad does it night after night, after night, two to three hours, you know, at, at, at peak range while running around the stage, you know? And, um, and, and, and so, you know, I was always a hobbyist and, and I think that, that, that that's got to bug him a little bit because, you know, I, I didn't work for it. It was part of my, my genetics, you know, and mm-hmm. it was just part of being creative, and paying attention and, and being a little rehearsed. And, and that's kind of how everything's been in life, you know, and we do that with our kids You know, our kids, like you said, they, they jump in the driver's seat and they can drive from playing a damn video game. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what the hell? You know, it's yeah. like, how did you just appear and, and make it work? And yeah. I think that's just part of human evolution too, you know? No, listen, I mean, the first time <laughs> maybe you and I have ever hit a track uh, you know, even like a Willow Springs or something, or like, oh, you know, I'm I was nervous doing it my first time, and you know, I'm now I'm trying to get my lap times better, and then and then yeah, a youngster, even your boy Finn, could probably hop into a car and be like, the first lap or two breaks the ice, and then three laps in, he's yeah. like, wait a minute, you already got your lap time down to what I've been doing for years. I'm like, what's what's going yeah, it's on? It's like a damn savant, yeah, spectrum kid. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, damn. yeah, yeah. It, I, I think it's just it's human evolution, man. I, I think especially when you're when you're just immersed in the environment growing up, um, you know, it just becomes part of you. It, it's it's part of your 
your clothing. It's part of your gear. It's part of your mentality. And, and maybe you don't have to overcome a lot of the things that your parents did or your siblings did um, while, while on the journey. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's awesome. It's very cool. It's very interesting to look at. And it's, it, I've always been fascinated by the next generation of, of, of kids out there because I, I, I consider us experts you know, at, at, at the family, in the family school. And so many of them have blown it. <laughs> just excess, and just, just not being great human beings. You know, I, I, I think and hope that that's changing, but um, you know, it's been a cliche and, and I've never wanted to be that person. So, you know, we get wonderful opportunities. We, we get wonderful uh, doors to open for us. And I just wanted to make sure that I had a skill set behind it um, to, to, to manage it, to impress and to push forward. Um, because the expectation is high. And, and, and when you walk into the office at Geffen records on invitation, because they're curious, um, you know, you, you better be good and you better, better be well-behaved and you better be articulate and, you know, you, you, you better live up to the name and then some, Yeah, because a lot of people work very hard and never get that opportunity. And they're 10 times better than you. You know, it's, it's, it's a really, it's, it's, it's a tough game. My brother's dealing with it right now. He, yeah. he is damned if he does, damned if he doesn't. he's working so hard to make his own way out there. And man, he just keeps getting socked, socked in the nose. You know, it's like, well, if dad helps him, then, oh, of course, yeah, fucking Sammy helps him, you know. And if dad doesn't, you know, it's like, well, what's wrong with him that yeah. his dad's not helping him? You know, so <laughs> you're kind of in that situation. It's, it can be quite, quite damaging. <laughs> It is. It I, oftentimes you think it's a it's a layup, but off in other yeah. times it can be more difficult. So I don't yeah. I don't know if that yeah. kind of balances out. But you're right. Like maybe your dad just has to kind of very carefully figure out how or when to help. You yeah. know, and it's a lot of it's a lot of doing it on your own, and then mm-hmm. when when things are really happening, if you can make things happen on your own, then maybe exactly. ask for that little push, you know, yeah. you know, now or, I need that, to push, that you know, key, yeah. that little introduction. Well, 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 look at, look at like the car people, look, look, look at in the, in the drag world and, and, and the Pritchett's and, and all, all the people out yeah. there who are yeah, second the force gen. family. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and look at, look at uh, uh, Schumacher. So I just, I just wrapped up the new season of, of the F1 which is fantastic. Oh my God, that show. I'm not even a race fan and, and the, the show just is captivating. Mm-hmm. I was waiting for tires just burning through episodes, you know, <laughs> like, but, um, you know, and, and Schumacher's boys out there. And I mean, wow. It, it, I think it's a similar situation where, you know, his dad is, is legendary. He is forever in the history books and uh, he's out there trying to, trying to prove it on his own with a little privilege on, on a, on a talented team of, of youth, he's got some challenges and, uh, I don't know. It's like, do you expect more or do you just expect him to go through it and, and, and drive hard and, and just grow little by little, you know, and not get out there and, and be over talented and, yeah. and, and then blow it, you know, he's well, evolving kind of slow. Well, I hate to say this, uh, because <laughs> for, for Schumacher's situation, the only help he can get from his dad is the name. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. he's in an awkward situation as well. So definitely. I, well, you look at the era too, like for my brother getting dad's help or advice is really challenging because 
dad's advice is is dated in, in that the business has changed, the audience has changed, the music has changed, the industry's changed. Everything's changed about music now. Um, you know, mediocre is king. Uh, and and it's, it's really a shame because when you're trying to make great music and uh, it all, 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 all doesn't always gel because some people just want the next thing. And then five minutes later, they want the next thing and the next thing. And, and so I think the way music is written and marketed now is very different than what dad went through. So when he's trying to advise Andrew, um, it doesn't always apply. And, and I think that that creates, you know, a, a, a lot of difficult working space between him and, 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 you know, and, and Andrew and, and it's hard to communicate. Hmm. And it's hard to share opinions and, uh, it's hard to get good, good guidance or feedback. Oh, you know what you should do, you know, go back to this or go back to that. And Andrew's like, yeah, you know, it, that doesn't work anymore. <laughs> That's like, it always works. It's like, it kind of doesn't. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, I understand. I understand that. I understand go to bias, buy tires and, and, and you'll win the championship. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, I, so I know this is a little bit different kind of a car cast episode, but there is some car talk here. There's going to be some car talk before we. Well, I'm trying to weave it in. Yeah. Well, sorry. <laughs> this is what we're getting to. So uh, your dad, is, your dad is a car guy. Uh, you're definitely a, a, a car guy. Um, you know, anybody that listens to shift and steer knows uh, some of the cars you're into and what you have in your collection and the projects and constantly very, very artistic stuff. Uh, for sure. I mean, just looking around in your, you know, in your studio and at your shop, uh, art is the, is the career that you have now. We'll get into that for a second, (laughs) but, uh, you mentioned your brother, Andrew, you got brothers and sisters, but they are quite a bit younger than you are. So you essentially grew up as an, as you know, an only child, you know, your, yeah. your brother wasn't born until you were, I don't know, uh, 16 years old or something, 15, 16 yeah. years old. And he was a baby. So yeah. it wasn't like you were hanging out with him for quite some time. So, you know, the first 20 years of your life, you are the only son, right? You know, mm-hmm. like, you Pretty know, much, that could, yeah. that could talk and do shit, <laughs> right? Cause you're not a baby. <laughs> um, yeah. and, and, also in an era where your your dad's making interesting moves, you know, from Montrose and Van Halen and, and all these various bands and, uh, you know, ups and downs of life and, and family and all of this stuff. Uh, so the first question is, how are you not a screw up? <laughs> right the the sons the, the the sons of athletes <laughs> and musicians often take a a let's say uh an enthusiastic turn in life and uh uh and i don't know i just so i guess touch on that a little bit was your relationship with your dad your outlook of of that i guess was always kind of a little different like uh I think a lot of kids, a lot of kids immediately feel in the shadow. Like they start to realize maybe who their celebrity parents are and they kind of feel in the shadow and it, it maybe, I don't know, maybe it, it puts a hamper on their development or their creativity. Um, but it was sure. interesting because I think you as a kid, still always wanted to 
get your dad's approval, impress your dad. Sure. Um, sure. You, you certainly looked sure. at what he was doing and, and, and saw the hard work, saw the success. Mm-hmm. Probably saw some bad things in the process as well. <laughs> and, uh, Always do. It, it, yeah, of course. It, 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 it's a balanced program. So, I, I mean, I mean uh, there's a lot of factors in this, but I'd say the main ones are, one, good parenting. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think my parents made good choices. I was a little free-range um, kid. I was a bit of a free-range kid and went through the Waldorf school and grew up in a small town, didn't grow up with anything. We were very, you know, we were very poor and, and dad was very driven. And uh, as, as his career evolved, so did our lifestyle. Obviously, Van Halen being, you know, the, 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 the golden era that, that mm-hmm. we call it. Um, but, you know, I, I, I never got wrapped up in all the stuff. You know, I, I mean, I, first I of all, no, no real, no drugs, no alcohol. Like you, it's not, no, it's never really on the yeah. menu for you. Yeah. I've never smoked, never drank, never did drugs. I've, I've never had any habits or addictions or trials. Um, literally never done anything. Um, you know, your dad literally kid. owns like five alcohol companies, right? <laughs> I know. I'm the weirdest <laughs> ever. Um, yeah. But, but I, I think growing up observing and, and being creative uh, and, and watching things uh, grow and evolve and, and being, um, you know, fostered in, in education and, and, and art. Um, I, 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 I found interest in things and I found purpose in things very young. And, and that's definitely a driving force in keeping someone occupied. And I think, you know, that the whole saying with idle hands, um, I think by the time I, I left the film industry and joined Hans's, team uh i had worked on 30 plus films mm-hmm. uh, i started working in, in the film industry in, in my early mid-teens and uh you know where there was you know sweeping a floor in the beginning with kenny myers at his studio and 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 eventually you know working on, on stuff that we've all seen and explored uh i always had some purpose and, and I, I drove a classic car uh which which made me a mechanic as a teenager <laughs> yeah. as well i drive that car across California to work and to work on films. And, you know, I, I had to drive long distance at night one time without any lights working and, 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 and shown a little, a little mag light out, out the window uh, yeah. at, at, the, at the reflective stripe so that I could see the road. I mean, yeah, I've done that. Know, you, I've been down that road. I've literally been down that road. Yeah. I don't advise it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Maybe we were both <laughs> passing each other. Hey, mag light guy. Hey, mag light yeah. guy. Hey, hey. flashy lights. <laughs> but, 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 you know, and, and watching dad's work ethic, I mean, you know, everybody's, Oh, I'm the hardest working man in show business or hardest working person in show business. Dad, dad was, I mean, the guy was an animal and an athlete and, and he really, he trained every day. He worked so hard and, you know, I, I, I don't think someone like me would take that lightly. You know, we had a good home life, you know, to, we, we, we had privilege to, to some degree, but dad always made sure that we were taken care of and that we were sheltered from some of the other stuff that was going on. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it was good parenting. Uh, my mom was always a homemaker and was very nurturing and very creative. And, uh, I don't know, I, I didn't have a lot of rules, but I didn't look to break them because I liked the privilege of, of driving. You know, I drove dad's cars all the time back mm-hmm. and forth to LA from Marin when he wanted to swap out something, he would have me do it. And so I would drive one, pick up, a, pick up something else and drive it back. And, 
he never questioned or, or gave me instructions. You know, it, it was just, it was our thing. You know, and, and, uh, and when you think and, back on some of that, there's a lot that. Uh, there's there was a lot of trust for a young man as well because mm-hmm. I, I, I I mean correct me if I'm wrong but I recall a story of something like your dad was working or whatever and and you know he's like hey you know 16 year old Aaron someone in Hollywood needs this car for the video you need to drive it down from Marin to the Malibu yeah. house drop off the car mm-hmm. stay there by yourself for the weekend drive it home yeah. you know that's a pretty big task for a 16 year old to do by yourself it, yeah and, and and that and that was pretty regular i mean i mean yeah. it, you know I, when i went to private school by the way he wasn't like beach. take this lexus by the way you know drive this yeah, lexus yeah, down yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah like, it, it was like take the take, take a, a, a xk convertible take the ferrari boxer take the ferrari daytona take the the, the porsche 9 uh, 28s ford take uh you know whatever else he had the 400i ferrari I mean, whatever else he had then um, and, uh, and, and deliver it, you know, uh, whether, like I said, it was for his interest or, or for someone else's. Um, and I did the same thing with Eddie, Eddie Van Halen had me drive some of his cars too. I drove the LM2. I drove the Countach. I, I didn't drive the Mira. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, I, I drove his, uh, his little, I, I think we mentioned, I couldn't remember if it was a cyclone or a, which was oh, the, the, typhoon. Little, the little <laughs> typhoon. Yeah. You know, I drove his typhoon. I drove his 356. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, I was always the designated driver, yeah. so I always drove something. <laughs> so it, Cause I wanted to ask about when did you first get into cars? Was it something you found before <laughs> your dad had cars or was it as your dad was starting getting cars? Absolutely. I've got photos of just, just, you know, hardly able to walk and I've got an armful of cars and, and toys and, uh, yeah, it, it, almost every childhood photo has a little Hot Wheel or a or, or something something in my hands. I, I I I had a couple teddy bears, but I was definitely definitely a car guy from from day one. And yeah. and what kind of influence do you think you had over your dad on some of his car purchases over the years? Is there anything that comes to mind? That that's a good question. Um, I think in, in the early days we would have conversations, but it was always his thing. Yeah. But as I got older, into a, a teenager, uh, I, I don't think he bought cars because we would enjoy them. Uh, I, I don't think that was ever part of his purchasing ideas. But we have had conversations in in, in adult life about certain cars, and he often, almost always, runs by purchase or runs purchases by me. And uh, I've helped him acquire a few. I've helped him find a few. Right now, I'm helping him sell one. Um, and uh, I, I, I've, I've definitely become my Uncle Bucky to him. So <laughs> so my mom's brother is how they met, uh, our, our, my Uncle Bucky. And he passed away, oh, geez, probably close to 30 years ago now. And he was the mechanic of the family. He was the car guy. He, okay. I mean, he was a bleeding knuckle mechanic. And he was always dad's go-to. And, and Bucky always knew a hundred times more than dad. Dad knew his way around a little bit, but Bucky, Bucky always had car parts laying in his living room, you know, an engine block in the sink. And, you know, he was literally, just, you know, he would eat out of them yeah. and um, it was awesome. And, and so he, he really lived and breathed it. Uh, and I've kind of become that for dad. So not to take Bucky's place, but I think dad and I have pretty detailed conversations and, and uh, I'm really, I'm really flattered and honored to be, to be the one that dad calls with those questions 
And, and so I've made sure that I, I know my stuff so I can answer them. And you guys have been a huge part of that, Matt, because tech, the technical things that, that, that I didn't know I could explore and I could listen. And I think that's why I don't always talk on the show because I'm listening and I'm learning. And I, I, I forget that I have to engage. Well, well, that too. But but seriously, you know, you, you guys, you guys can tear down a motor and you can tear down just a whole car and build it from the bottoms up. Um, I I consider myself more of a, uh, as a have to be mechanic, (laughs) something doesn't (laughs) work and there's no one to help me. So I have to. Um, but, but I'm more of the design quality and, and more of, of the restylist. And someone said that about me a long time ago that they, that they, I forget the exact words, but they basically said I was a, I was a, a hairstylist for cars and I went, I'm okay with that. You know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to screw something up by not being an expert and, and hurt myself or someone else or my passengers, um, by not knowing what I'm doing. I, I don't claim to know what I'm doing. Yeah. I, I, I do it necessity and love and passion and, and preservation, but I'll, I'll take restyling any day of the week. That's the easy part. <laughs> I, I, I want to get into some of the cars that you have and maybe some of the cars that your, your dad has. But uh, first, let me tell you guys about JB Weld. It's the world's strongest bond. It's the brand DIYers and pros have trusted for over 50 years. Well, you can use their epoxies, super glues, putty sticks, and wraps for projects big and small on practically any surface, metal, wood, plastics, glass, ceramics, you name it. You can keep it in the drawer, keep it in your toolbox, keep it in the craft supplies, of course, in your garage. Uh, you know, I've got it kind of stashed all over at the garage, at home, pretty much everywhere because you never know when you need a little bit of something. They're also the proud owner of Herculiner. It's the original DIY truck bed liner. And if you're looking for the world's strongest truck bed liner, Herculiner has you covered. It's JB Weld. They're available at jbweld.com, Home Depot, Lowe's, Walmart, AutoZone, Advanced Auto Parts, O'Reilly, Amazon, Michaels, and more. It's proudly made in the USA. It's jbweld.com. Tell us, uh, I have to say, yeah, uh, honestly, that stuff is is magic, and, and, <laughs> and there's a lot of companies, and, and I work with another company too, but uh, I have them both in, in my box. If you're an off-roader or motorcycle guy, you always have two-part epoxy JB Weld, the the, the metal kind uh, or the plastic kind, in, in 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 your kit or in your pocket, always, always, <laughs> and you got to have the little tube of Super Weld stash around everywhere. They're super yep, low, you know? exactly. That stuff has saved my ass so many times. <laughs> So tell us about some of the, some of the cars you've got, what's going on in your garage for those that don't listen to shift and steer regularly. (laughs) uh, I've got a bunch of weird stuff Uh, and, and they're literally, I'm watching on the screen that they're, they're paving my my shop right now. I I, I don't know the building. So I had to clear everything out. I'm I'm, I'm a little under the weather too. I apologize if I'm a little gravelly and coffee, but uh, so yesterday I was just, feverish and miserable and i had to move all this stuff off the property so they could you know skim coat the whole place but um i've got a lot of oddities and in in moving up here and starting fresh i didn't have anything and and so everything that was free or cheap or i could trade um was awesome and and so i got kind of in the rat rod scene and in the preservation scene so i have a lot of those kind of vehicles. I have a bunch of old trucks and, and old rat rods and model A's and, and, and things that we've made stuff from. And it was another way to be creative and, and learn as we go and problem solve and, and fix as we go. 
And uh, Tahoe's a small town, so we could literally pull something out of the earth on the original tires. And if we can get them to hold air to the other side of town, then that was success. <laughs> yeah. Great success. Um, which was awesome. But um, the first time I drove into town, I saw this weird green army truck with a trailer behind it sitting at this gas station. And the owner became my best friend for a lot of reasons, but one, because he had that truck. And it was called a Pinsgau. And uh, we've discussed that so many times on the show. And it's, it's, a, great, uh, it's a great way to share some love. Uh, but I have a Pinsgauer Swiss Army vehicle, 710K, which is the radio truck. Um, I have currently four Isettas. Uh, three of them are just basket cases. It's going to be something because they're worth preserving because they're so valuable. And the other one's a 600 limo with a Volkswagen conversion that I, I traded a gentleman uh, not too long ago for a Nipper, which is a, a Denper, a, a, it's like a Ural, a Ural uh, motorcycle with a sidecar. Uh, we loved each other's, uh, so, so we traded. Um, <clears throat> but uh, I, I've got a little M3 race car, uh, just, just, a, just a, a home build. I've got a, a TR3 uh, Outlaw, a Triumph TR3 Outlaw with a 66 Mustang motor in it. Uh, I've got a Morgan three-wheeler, which I just love, love, love. It's one of my favorite vehicles. Uh, Defender 110, uh, which is one of my mm-hmm. other favorite vehicles. Uh, what year is the Defender? It, uh, the Defender is a 93. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those. Um, and uh, and then I have a 55 Ford Cab over. I've got a smart car that we plan on tearing up and converting uh, with one of the uh, Isettas. I've got a 60 and a 61 uh, Mini Coopers. And uh, a couple contemporary Porsches and a, and a Jeep. And uh, I'm always cycling and going through things because you, you finish something and then what? You know, you yeah. use it for a while yeah. and you're like, eh, I want to move on to something else. So you trade it. And right now I'm kind of, I'm kind of uh, purging and, and trying to move out a lot of this stuff because I have a couple big projects. So I've, I've, I'm overlanding. I love overlanding. So we're going to do a build out on the Jeep. I've decided we just went through Moab for a week and uh, boy, outfitting a jeep gladiator is a lot more difficult than i thought it, it's a strange it, it's a strange composition um so i think i think we're going to do something with that and then the defender uh i blew the motor so the motor's being rebuilt and i bought an alu cab so we're going to do a, a build with that so those are two pretty expensive builds and then i have something else coming from fair parts that's all i'm going to say but uh, <laughs> uh I'm, i think i'm going to own my my, my, my first, uh, prancing horse, but, uh, so I'm going to get rid of about three or four things to do that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, it feels good to purge and focus on the things that you really love and enjoy them and, uh, and, and not be hassled by just keeping all the other relics going, um, that always needs something, right? That's our world. Yeah, they yeah. always need something. And the more you mess with them, the more they need messed with. <laughs> yeah. Right. And motorcycles are Motorcycles and if if people can get a glimpse of of a lot of these cars, um, they these cars definitely reflect your personality and your background (laughs) and your creativity in the movie industry. Uh, You've done some pretty very very cool things with the style, the paint, and you know, take something like Red Voodoo, which I think you forgot to mention because it's probably over a kicker, right? it's one of the rat rods. Yeah. So yeah. Red Voodoo's in Stillwater, Oklahoma and, the, and the, at October moon is down at my friend Colby's getting some brake work done. And, and we sold the 50 shoe box. We sold the, the, the 53 Chevy. Do you have um, the wagon? Do you have the beach yeah. bar 
wagon? So, so, so dad, dad bought the wagon and, and asked me to make it a Woody wagon. So yeah, the 56 Woody wagon is down in dad's, um, in dad's collection and dad's got a killer collection. I mean, he's got, he still has the Jag, the, 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 the 70, I think 72 or 74 XK. Well, everybody wants to know cylinder. if he's got the Ferrari, if you got the, I can't drive yes. 55. Yes, Ferrari. Yes. Of course so, he does. So of course he does. <laughs> yep. Yep. He's got the 82 BB 512. I just saw it a couple weeks ago. He's got the 84 400i. He's got a, uh, he's got a four, five, six. He's got the Daytona still. He's had cars since I was a kid. I mean, he doesn't get rid of a lot of stuff. He gets he gets some stuff which he passes through the collection. Yeah. Um, but uh, he still has all that stuff. The the E Jag. He's got a Ford GT. The the, the earlier ones. Um, he's got a Gateway Mustang, which is badass with a Roush four, small a small block four twenty seven. Yeah. Uh, he's got the Woody Wagon. Yeah, and and then we just had a uh, a sixty two T Bird restored for him, uh, which used to belong to Ronnie Montrose. <clears throat> so that's down there. And then uh, the Jaguar used to belong to Ronnie James Dio. So that's pretty cool. And then the the, the Daytona uh, to, to the to the legendary John Holmes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that car's got some history. Yeah, um, the La Ferrari, uh, and then he's got an Aston Martin Vanquish. He's got a, a Z8 Alpina, which he drives almost every day. He, that's one of his favorite cars. Um, uh, uh, he's he's got that '67 Corvette that 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 Hendrick gave him mm-hmm. for his birthday. Uh, and then we just had, uh, we just had Shelby build him that, uh, 289 slab side Cobra, yeah. which he loves. So the Corvette, the Cobra, and uh, I think the Z8 are his three yeah, yeah. Like, daily drivers. Yeah. And then he's got a 599 and the 308. Yeah. The 599 yeah. is cool. 308 is yeah. cool. I don't know about that 456, yeah, yeah. but whatever. <laughs> you know what? Though? It, it, it's, it's a manual. It's a gated manual. And yeah. It's 12 cylinder. And That's right. You can't. Funny. Can't but, go but wrong. If you think, but he's got, yeah, he's got the four hundred i. He's got the four five six, and he's got the five nine nine. And now, if he had a Ferrari FF or or Lusso, he'd kind of have the generation of those yeah. two door four seaters. Um, and they're they're kind of the oddballs of Ferrari, but you know, like the Queen Mother, they're that they they they're getting really valuable. That four five six is, mm-hmm. I think they're. 150 or 100 they're almost 200 grand right now i didn't think they were that much um, but sure it's beautiful yeah okay you, you know what though hey i drove it it drives really really nice it, it it's it's a grand touring that's yeah. what it is it, it doesn't look but it makes all the right sounds and has all the right smells and does everything a ferrari should so like, i have to say i'm i'm like a ferrari v12 with a manual i'm down yeah right yeah <laughs> And, and and everything is leather. Everything is leather on that thing. It's yeah, uh, yeah. Ferraris are awesome. All right. Well, listen, we got <laughs> we got to we, we got to wrap it up. But uh, I appreciate what? it. I, yeah, what? we we we, we oh, spent man. ten minutes on cars and forty minutes on on Aaron's history. So, uh, but you know, <laughs> we're mixing it up this week. I appreciate it. Uh, Aaron, well, thanks thank so much, you. man. It's thanks beautiful. so much for coming in and doing this. I just, I just fired him a text uh, last night. I was like, course. "What are you doing tomorrow morning? You want to come join me?" <laughs> He's like, okay. I'm, "I'm sick, miserable, <laughs> but I should be good by ten. Yeah. I think at like nine fifty, I was like, "Okay, my throat feels better. I can swallow now. My arms, I feel like I have arms now. <laughs> my arms felt like my legs earlier, you know." <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate These it. Blues and colds, man. Yeah. 
they, they, yeah, they knock us over. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. Thank you so much to, 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 to the crew in there for getting all the edits, right? <laughs> oh, thanks. If you, uh, if you guys want to hear more about, uh, Aaron and, uh, all the wackiness, uh, listen to shift and steer. There's plenty of bear stories. Because a bear ate his <laughs> he ate his car, <laughs> decided to For the tear, tear up tear up the interior <laughs> and take a nap, and uh, and then be on his way. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Tahoe. <laughs> um, all right, you man. Know what I say Thanks. that. I say that at the beginning and end of every day. Fucking dog. Fucking dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just wash the car. Now it's covered in pollen and sap and bear paws. Yeah. Bear paws. <laughs> um, all right, guys. Thanks so much for, uh, for tuning in. Until next time, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. Would you love to save money on insurance? Well, of course. Who doesn't love a good deal? Well, when it comes to great rates on insurance for everything, GEICO can help. Insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, RV, even homeowners, condo, and renters coverage. Save even more with a special discount when you bundle coverages. Plus, add the easy-to-use GEICO mobile app and 24-hour roadside assistance, and the switch to GEICO becomes a no-brainer. Switch today and see how you can save. Simply go to geico.com to get a rate quote or contact your local agent.